lover's blues sometimes, maybe. But suddenly get child. Disgusting. Lovers say the truth. You are now Lovers walk along every night. Peace and blessings, good people. Welcome to another edition of Insightful Discussions. I am your host, Dr. Bryant, bringing you another insightful topic. I hope everybody is doing well. I know that we are still in this COVID-19 pandemic, and I just hope everybody's taking care of themselves, taking care of them, love their loved ones, and just really making the most of this time. Uh, yeah, because it's, uh, <laughs> it's a very, very trying time, and I know we're all trying to juggle work, working from home. Uh, distance learning with our students and our children, but I just hope that everybody is taking care of their mental health. I hope that everybody's taking care of just their, the internal clock that we have that really makes us tick and makes us who we truly are. All right, so the topic of today I want to discuss, I want to discuss grief. I know a lot of us have been just going through so much over the last year. It seems like we've just been in this never-ending cycle of this COVID craze, uh, dealing with the, the, the health impact, but also dealing with the impact of loss. So the topic today is going to be grief. And I want to speak about it from a, a few different angles and highlight the stages of grief. So I want to start by saying, uh, first and foremost, that grief is universal, you know, uh, we all experience some form of grief, some form of loss, um, whether that be a death of a loved one, loss of a job. Uh, you may just be getting out of a, a very, very intense relationship or, or anything that really changes the course of life that you're on. And that it can be considered grief, you know, and that impacts us in extremely different ways. And I, I can share just personally, I in 2020, I lost two elder statesmen of my family, you know, two grandparents, two grandmothers that, you know, were really like, like I said, the older uh, individuals in the family, you know, the big mamas of the family, so to speak. And, you know, I, I got to, for the first time in my life, you know, I got this as an adult, I got to see, you know, my parents grieve or how they handled loss and how that impacted their day to day. And being a grandson, being a son, being impacted also, it just it just made me take grief, loss, and everything into perspective because this happened during, you know, the COVID pandemic. This happened during shutdowns. This this happened during extreme, you know, job changes. So looking at that through the spectrum of, of a psychologist, a mental health service provider, and just understanding how it impacts you from multiple sides. It really encouraged me and just motivated me to speak on this topic because I feel like a lot of people need to understand it, to um, to, to break it down for, for those who may be going through some things similar to this. Now, I will also share that within my work, I work with a lot of students. And here recently, I had a student who, man, it, they, their story just really 
push me in a different way, man, to see how young people deal with certain things in life and they have to just carry on and move forward. And really, they don't understand what's going on, but the world doesn't doesn't stop. It keeps going. And yeah, man, they have to pick up the pieces. So in short, you know, without disclosing any, any sensitive information, just broadly, uh, I had a student who his parents not in their lives, uh, two, two, two young boys. Uh, their mom and dad are kind of in the streets on drugs, in and out of those situations and aren't fit to be parents. And they stay with their grandparents, grandmother rather. Now the grandmother had, you know, someone that she was dating for years uh, that took on the role of a grandfather. And this was so inspiring because the grandfather would really care for those kids. He would make sure they ate. He would make sure they got up and went to school, you know, really cared for them and looked out for them as a parental figure would. And it was so, it was such a good relationship that they actually started to see, you know, changes in the student over the past couple of, uh, over the past two years. Now, recently the, the, the grandfather passed the, one of the bo- brothers, one of the boys, you know, actually saw the, the grandfather passed in the house and found him laying on the floor. And as you can imagine, that was a very, very traumatic experience for that young young man. And uh, just me as a psychologist having to, to talk to the student about grief, loss, how do you feel, expressing your emotions. You know, at times that could be very, very heavy. And Explaining that to a child, it, it makes you put these things into perspective because everybody reacts differently to death. Any situational trauma, but specifically death of a loved one, everybody reacts differently. And, 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 it, and grief is very personal. It's not this thing that's that's so compact as it, it happens in, 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 in perfect sequence or... <laughs> with with life and what you have to do and what you have going on, it doesn't follow any type of schedule in life. It doesn't care what you have to do. It doesn't care, you know, that you have to get up and go to school in the morning, that you have homework, you know. It doesn't, it, it doesn't care. Th- these emotions, this process of grief is, is, is constant. And a lot of times, you know, the, you as an individual, you may cry. You may be, you may be mad. You may not want to talk to anybody around you, no family, no friends, you know, the normal day-to-day activities that you find enjoyment in, you may not necessarily want to partake in those. And it can ultimately leave you feeling lonely. It can leave you feeling empty inside because something that you were so attached to or someone that you were so attached to is no longer here. And it, it leaves you feeling like there's a void. So feeling this way isn't wrong. It's not unusual. It's very typical within this grieving process. And, you know, it's a lot of, and it's some stages that I'm going to get into uh, that really produce some commonalities in how we as as individuals produce or have these particular feelings. So as you may know, you, you can Google, you do, you know, searches. If you're in the field, you know that typically we, we, we talk about five stages of grief. Now, this was a, developed by a psychiatrist by the name of of Elizabeth Ross. And she kind of broke down these stages and say that we live through these five distinct 
grief processes after we lose a loved one. It's denial, anger, depression, acceptance, and bargaining. Not necessarily in that order, but these are the five stages. And as you can imagine, denial is is really only an, an attempt to pretend that the loss doesn't exist or that it didn't happen, that this isn't real. The world around me has not changed. Uh, this person isn't gone. And for so many reasons, that can can really damage a person's mental because that's not it's not rooted in reality. And this is the first stage. Denial is the first stage. And and it and, and it provides this temporary band-aid of overwhelming pain and, and emotion. And it and it kind of it, it shifts as we, you know, start to accept reality and we go through the process of, of, of a loss and what that means. And it just feeds our need to survive this emotional pain. And it can be hard to believe that, you know, someone that you love has, has suddenly died or passed away transition or that you've lost your job, that you've gotten out of a long-term relationship. These are all things that can be very, very hard to accept. But we must continue to be rooted in reality. And, and, and it's a lot of information to, to process and explore when you think about this stage that you're in, denial. And... It, it, it takes time. So if you're you or a loved one is going through this process of stage in life, you know, be more understanding, be more supportive and allow that person and push that person to seek help. All right. Now we're going to move on to anger. Anger is it, it, common and people don't really look at anger as an emotion for some reason. But anger and, and frustration and happiness and all these things are different emotions that we experience and go through. You know, you can be mad that someone left you. Now, I, I've heard from, from friends and loved ones that they're upset that this person passed on. Whatever the cause had, case may be or the cause of death, they're upset. They're mad because now they have to move on through life and, and do these things. Now they have to move on through life and and and. And, and fix corrections with the estate. Take on the financial burden that this person has, has left behind for them. And unfortunately, anger is, is one of the first feelings and emotions that we feel. And we need to release it. Whether or not you're hurt by the person or hurt by the loss. Anger is, is a very, very common emotion. And we must give that person time to heal and understand it. Bargaining. Bargaining is the next stage. So when coping with the loss, it's not unusual to feel desperate or willing to do anything to, to take away the pain or to just find a solution. And this can be a problematic stage because sometimes, you know, people start to do self-harming things, you know, and in, in, uh, ingesting certain substances that may not produce uh, long-term happiness or peace. But will provide some temporary satisfaction. You know, so these are some of the signs that you may want to look at or look for when you're dealing with someone who could potentially be in this, this grieving stage, in this bargaining stage. You know, the feeling of helplessness, you know, can cause you to react in such a way. It's this perceived notion of, of control and self-control over your feelings, you know, 
push these individuals to seek help. And depression. Depression. And a lot of times people mix up feeling sad with being depressed. And there are two distinctly different things. You can be sad and not depressed. You know, depressed it, depression is 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 something more deeply rooted in this cycle of emotions. You know, when you start to lose someone or process the loss of a loved one, you know, this 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 cloud of emotions starts to hang over your your day to day lives. And it's a constant thing over a period of time. I can be sad today and happy tomorrow, but if I'm depressed, that means I have a series of days in which I feel low. A series of days in which I don't do things that are conducive to the success of the day. You know, so think about that from that context when we look at depressed and sad, depression and sadness. Because a lot of times in society right now, this is a buzzword. We use these two things interchangeably, but they are not the same. One is a function of the other. The other is the continuation of these emotions and feelings and behaviors over a period of time. So think about it from that perspective. And lastly, we're going to go over acceptance. Acceptance. You know, when you get to a place where you can accept what is and what has happened, uh, it's no longer a feeling of pain because of what has happened or the loss. Like you're, you're resisting. You're no longer resisting the reality of what is. You begin to understand your moments of sadness. You begin to understand the feelings and the processes and the, res- the responsibility that you have to yourself and those who are still around you. Acceptance is a beautiful place to be in, you know, in in all facets of life, but in particular to grief, you know, this is a place where true growth can happen, true understanding, true healing, the healing process, it can begin. So if any of these things sound familiar to you uh, that that you're going through, that a loved one may be going through, I, I encourage you to go seek some type of mental health services. You know, you can go to your local health department. It, it should be programs and services there. You can call a mental health services hotline and Google can be your best friend. You know, a lot of times we some people may live in areas where they don't think they have access to these mental health services. You know, some places only take insurance. Some places only take cash. Some places are pro bono. You have hotlines who will basically get you to call in and hear you out and just be supportive. So, you know, use all the resources you can because grief is, again, is a heavy thing. It's, it's, it's not something that's picture perfect and has a straight dotted line that you go from one stage to the next. It's a, it's a cycle. But it's also things that are feelings and emotions that may come and go. So as you start to listen to this this podcast over and over again, this episode, I want you to just really think about this grief process. Think about healing. Think about the times that we're in and truly feed yourself things that will nourish and and, and, and filter and, and, and fertilize the soil of the mind so that the body can follow, so that you can get up and do things. You can get up and be interactive. You can be your true and holistic self. 
But I don't want to take too much of your time. You've been amazing. Glad you clicked on the link to listen to me speak today. I hope that you learned something about grief. I hope that you learned something about yourself. And until next time, my beautiful people, please and best